You're listening to Bringing an Ancient Faith to a Modern World with Father Anthony Mesa, where we explore ways to encourage and equip the local Orthodox Church. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Bringing an Ancient Faith to a Modern World podcast. My name is Father Anthony, and we're back with more exciting news today. We've officially launched the new STSA Ministries page, and we've released our first resource. And that resource is a life group package. That includes both a starter kit to give you everything you need to know to get groups started in your church, and also a fun curriculum that we created that you can download and use for your church to start life groups right away. And because we just launched our life group package, we brought a special guest onto the podcast today, my good friend Susan Langenbach, who's been working here at STSA for several years. Susan's actually the one who coordinates all of our groups at STSA, and she's here to talk to us and tell us everything there is to know about groups today. Thank you so much for joining us, Susan. I'm so glad to be here. So why don't we start off by um, just kind of defining our terms. Tell us what are groups. Tell us what they are why, and why they're such an important part of the ministry here at STSA. What purpose do they fill? Sure, absolutely. So one of our core values at STSA is to have authentic community. And it's really hard to build that authentic community at church on Sundays. It's a busy time. There are lots of people. And so having more than a high or buy is challenging. So what we wanted to do was we wanted to create opportunities for people to get together and really have some good fellowship time where they could learn about each other and have great conversations. So what we did was we started building out groups and we have a variety of different groups and they have served us so well in building new friendships and people getting to know one another. You know, in the book of Acts, Uh, It talks about the original church and how they met in the temple, and then they also met in people's homes. So obviously, church on Sunday is that. And then meeting in people's homes, that's what our groups do. Yeah. You know, you you referenced that that verse from Acts 2. Um, It talked about, I think that's an important point about how they met in the temple courts, and that was kind of like the big group and large group gathering together to worship. Um, But they also met from house to house because it was clear that the early church that their lives were integrated with one another. And and you said it perfectly there, Susan, is it's hard to, to create that integration, to create that real family environment on Sundays. You know, Sundays are a long day and, and, and you know, especially as the church grows and grows and grows. Um, so one of the things that, that we, we, one of the reasons why we have these groups, as Susan pointed out, is it's more about the fellowship and the community created. We know that people, you know, have a need to get together and people have a need to to hang out beyond just Sundays. So instead of just people getting together and going out to eat or just getting together and just watching uh, sports, whatever it may be, we want to provide people opportunities they can get together and have spiritual discussions, uplifting and encouraging discussions. Now, um, can you give us some examples, Susan, of uh, what some of the different types of groups are and how each one works? Sure. The way we've set it up at our church is that we have three different types of groups. We've got life groups, leisure groups, and learning groups. These all run seasonally, but pretty much there's a group for someone to join at any time during the year, which is great because if you're new to the church, these are the perfect ways to start getting to know people. So our life groups run twice a year, and that's where the whole church gets into different groups. We usually run about 10 to 15 of them. 
Um, and they all discuss the same topic. They discuss the series at the well. Um, the next kind that we have are leisure groups, and that's where people just get together and do something fun. Anybody can come and say, I'd love to coordinate, um, for example, going kayaking together, or maybe going to see a movie. Uh, maybe it's game night at their house. And then we essentially open it up for anybody to join. And then finally, there's learning groups. And learning groups are where people study whatever they're interested in. It's often a Bible study or something that's seasonal um, to their stage of life, you know, something on parenting, maybe a men's group. Um, and those usually, all our groups usually run about five weeks long, maximum five to six weeks, or they could be a one-time gathering as well. Now, one of the important points there um, that, that you mentioned there, Susan, which I think was great, is about, we talked earlier about how the purpose of these groups is really fellowship and community. It's not, as many people would think, it's not about spiritual, uh, it's not about teaching, and it's not about necessarily even growth, as much as it is about fellowship together. And I think that's an important point because sometimes, you know, we have this idea of, well, you know, the teaching should be in the church and we kind of get scared to, to send people out um, and worried about what are they going to be learning and, and different, uh, you know, we kind of lose control over it. Well, again, the purpose of these groups isn't the spiritual growth and the teaching um, and doctrine and theology and things like that. Really, the purpose is is people just getting together and, and, and discussing things together and having um, spiritual discussions and hopefully in safe environments. So, um, so you, you mentioned life groups. Um, let's talk specifically about those, um, as those, are, seem to be our, the bread and butter here, um, in, in what you mentioned. Tell us about life groups. How does a typical meeting work? How do you choose leaders? Where does the curriculum come from? Things like that. Sure, absolutely. Life groups are awesome. We love them. They run twice a year, as I mentioned, and they're usually five to six weeks long. Um, the way we run them is we have them mostly geographically. So we run them all over the area because we've got people coming from very far distances. So we wanted them to be able to get into a group close to their home, close to their work. They're offered at different days of the week. There's a, a leader who we actually call a host who leads the group. They open up their home, offer some snacks. It's a two-hour time frame, and we do stick with that. Um, and people come in groups of about five to 15. Those are the ideal size for good discussions. We provide a discussion guide, and the host just leads people through this discussion time. We usually start with some fellowship, and we often play an icebreaker for people to get to know each other, and then they go into the discussion, and then they can end with um, a time of prayer and sharing prayer requests and um, just spending time in fellowship in the end. Yeah, now, if, if you, I did a boo-boo right there, I just realized, and Susan, thank you for correcting me. I asked you the question about how do we choose leaders, okay? And and for our listeners there, notice that Susan never used the word leaders. She said hosts, okay? And that's actually very intentional. So that's my bad, Susan. I apologize for that. We try to stay away from the word leaders. Tell us, uh, Susan, what's the difference between a host versus a leader? And why is it that we use the word host as opposed to leader? 
Yeah, this is a really important point because this opens up for people to feel more comfortable being able to be a host. What we're asking you to do is we're asking you to open up your home and lead a discussion. We're not asking you to um, teach. And in fact, we encourage our hosts to talk only 20% of the time during this discussion time. They're supposed to be um, encouraging people to talk. They're supposed to be reiterating what somebody else said, um, asking people questions. What did you think of that choice? And this allows a lot more people to feel comfortable fill, filling that role as a host. Um, so again, it's not teaching, it's just leading a discussion and the questions are provided to you. So you said that the host speaks at maximum, what percentage was that? 20%. 20%. And do the people actually stick to that? They do. They actually <laughs> do. It works out to be, um, kind of the perfect opportunity for them to mm -hmm. share and learn from others mm -hmm. and nobody really dominates the conversation. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I think that that's a super important point there that, the goal here, sometimes if, if we start to talk about, you know, groups, people say, well, we don't have enough people who can lead them and who can, who's qualified and who can teach. That's not our goal. Our goal is not that, you know, that there's like a, a some kind of a lesson. It's basically we have a teaching in church together where, you know, myself or, or someone else does the teaching in church and then the life groups just get together to discuss it afterwards. You can think about it, you know, most churches kind of have their own set of life groups and life group discussions, but it's usually in the cafeteria of the church, you know, you know, after the service um, or, you know, while eating, whatever it may be. And it might be just a unstructured, you know, the priest said this or this was this. Well, our, our hope is to make it a little more structured and our hope is to make it higher quality. Um, so the facilitator's job, the host job, just as you said, Susan, isn't to teach, isn't the goal isn't to like finish with like a right answer. The goal is really to say, hey, this is what Father Anthony talked about on Sunday. H how did that land with you? Like, wh where does that, does that hit home with you? How, how does that strike? I think even one of the first questions every week in the discussion is what it, what stuck out to you from last week's message? So again, our goal there is community more than it is teaching. Okay, Susan, we, we really appreciate um, all the information you're giving us. Uh, two last questions for you. You can answer them whatever order you like. Um, first is, what would you say to someone who wants to start groups in their church and they don't know where to begin? And the second question is, what resources um, can you provide to help them get started? Sure. So um, there's a lot of flexibility in groups and starting a group. You can do multiple groups um, based on the size of your church. I would say the first step is sitting down with your priest and your church leadership and seeing what will work for your church, what you're comfortable with. This can be run as one large youth meeting, for example, or a young adult meeting. It can be something um, after church on a Sunday. Um, you can meet in a large group and listen to the videos and then break into smaller groups. Or you can do them in people's homes and um, similar to the structure that we have if you have people really spread out during the week. It's really whatever your leadership is comfortable with. And um, the resources that we have is we're putting together life group packages. So you'll be able to, um, our first one has launched, um, Finding Your Flavor. It's a great series. People really, really loved this series and got a lot from it. So it's kind of a great one to start with. And you would take the 
20-minute video and watch that together and then break into the groups and you'll have the discussion guides and there's six weeks of them so you can do it over the course of six weeks. You know, another thing that's in the guide that's very helpful is we give um, a host guide. So we'll tell hosts exactly um, how to lead a discussion using only 20% of the talking time. Um, great ways to encourage people who are quieter to talk, to make sure that nobody dominates the conversation, and just to encourage really, really good um, discussions amongst the group. So that's included in this package too. Yeah, and you know, again, just to reiterate what Susan is saying there is we have a system that works with us um, and a, a, lot, a lot of our system was kind of put in place you know, because we don't have a church building, so we had no choice but to meet in homes. But you may be in a situation where, you know, the leadership isn't as comfortable with the meeting in homes, so that's simply just what works for us. But you can hopefully figure out what works for you. Um, like Susan said, these can be run in church, it can be youth meetings, young adult meetings. Um, we hope that every every church can, can take what we have provided and, and customize it and contextualize it to your environment, what works for you. Um, and that's kind of our hope here with everything we do at STSA Ministries, is not to tell you what you should be doing, but simply to tell you what we are doing and hope that you can take it and, and make it better. In fact, Susan mentioned that the name of our, our first life group um, series is Finding Your Flavor. And the first message in that series is, is actually titled One Size Doesn't Fit All. And the whole point of that series is that we're not all made the same. Um, and we may express our spiritual lives in a little bit different way. Well, I believe the same about the church, is that not everyone has to do it the way we do it, but simply we're sharing what we do, and hopefully um, each one can benefit from that. So um, thank you so much for joining us today, Susan. We really appreciate your time. Um, I want to make sure all of our listeners know, as Susan said, is that uh, we have officially launched our webpage, stsaministries.org. That's stsaministries.org. You can go onto the website now. You can create a user account. And once you do that, you'll receive access to all of our materials, including this life group package, absolutely for free. In addition, by signing up for an account, you'll be able to stay up to date as we hopefully release new materials every month. So thank you again, Susan, so much for joining us today. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in as well. 